Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com. Find two ways, one passion food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. By St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Lots of stuff going on in the world with baseball, sports, and unifying America. If you followed the title of the show, you'll have a little bit of an idea of where I'm going to go today. Or actually, it might create a little bit of doubt or suspense in exactly what direction I am going to choose to go. A couple of the topics are pretty easy as we're talking about baseball, the NFL. Um, I think we're finding a pattern really in all of sports where there are the, the teams that want it and the teams that don't want it. There's the contenders and the absolute quitters. And we're starting to see that on the football field as we're in week number five of the National Football League. You obviously have the baseball playoffs going on. Um, the general manager for the Rockets makes a tweet becomes such a big story, obviously, as it, talk, as it compares to what's going on in Hong Kong and in China. And, and that may be a, be a part of the show today where I may leave you in suspense. What exactly is he going to talk about? You know that John Pielli in a passball show is an extremely apolitical show. Is he going to divulge into politics and maybe sell himself out? Find out in a little bit. So you got a couple series going on in baseball, and it's the you know the Minnesota Twins, a team that wins a hundred and one games in a regular season. And I said this while it was going on that it had to be taken with a little bit of grain of salt until they actually prove something in the postseason. hundred one wins is nice, but it doesn't really have that extra gusto and fervor when you're win 100 games in a division that has two 100-loss teams. The Tigers, one of the worst teams that we've seen in baseball in the last 10 years, a team that managed to be worse than that of the Baltimore Orioles of last year and this year, really should be ashamed of themselves. You got the Kansas City Royals, another team losing 100 games. The Chicago White Sox a, what, a, won seven of their last 10, so a really good finish of that really kept them away from losing way more than 90 or 93 or 94, where they probably should have lost. The worst division in baseball. And you win 100 games. And let's take some solace in that. Let's appreciate what is good, the positives about winning 100 games. That means that you, know, you had a pretty high winning percentage. That, well, that meant that odds are you're in a very good position to win the respective division that you're in. These are all true things. And what I'm about to say is not to entirely discredit the Minnesota Twins, not to entirely take everything that they have done this year and worked hard and strived for and finished, which they will be finished, if not in Game 3, then in Game 4, if the Yankees want to extend this series. But the bottom line is the Minnesota Twins season is just about over. So we probably should get to the time where we talk about the conclusion of the season and what the season meant. Because even though there's still heartbeat, there's still the life support that is still kind of permeating and existing with the Minnesota Twins and their franchise, it has to be understood that their season's over. And I'm starting to think, and this isn't to discredit the players, this isn't to discredit the manager or the coaching staff, or even the front office for that matter. Because I think they've all done the same thing. They're all on the same page. 
they've all put all their eggs in a basket and said, hey, we're going to give our best. We're going to get the best results that we possibly can. And we're going to give our fans something to be proud of. But I don't think the Minnesota Twins deep down ever took themselves seriously. In fact, as they're getting ready to face the New York Yankees, going to Yankee Stadium, yes, there's that David versus Goliath mentality that thought that, hey, maybe they could go out and figuratively slay the dragon. But I don't think the Minnesota Twins as a franchise thought they had a chance to beat the New York Yankees. And I'm going to prove it with this one point. They go out there in game one with Jose Barrios, their best pitcher over the course of the regular season. And I understand that the Minnesota Twins are not necessarily that deep. They don't necessarily have a huge rotation, really a rotation that exists or pitchers or starters that they can count on that really exist past Jose Barrios and Jake Arterizzi. But why isn't Jake Arterizzi starting in game two? In fact, they go so far from that, instead of pitching who would be their third or their fourth starter, they go and they decide that they want to make game two into a human interest story. They want to turn game two of the American League Division Series into a sideshow, into something that is a complete distraction to the game of baseball that is actually going on. And I'm sorry, I have a problem with that. You can talk about how good of a story it is for the young pitcher that goes out there, the 24-year-old, the story obviously about him driving Uber and Lyft, wasn't drafted, comes up through the Major League Baseball you know, minor league system with the Minnesota Twins, gets himself to the majors. He's a great story, but that's all it is. It's a human interest story. Is this pitcher one of the top three starting pitchers that the Minnesota Twins have? The answer is no. So you're making a mockery of yourself when you start this guy. You're making it known to your fans, to anybody that's watching this Major League Baseball game, that you don't think the Minnesota Twins have a chance to beat the New York Yankees. So because of that, you want to distract the fans, the listeners, the people that are paying attention in this game, the people that may be watching, in some cases, the baseball fans, that may be watching their first Twins baseball the entire season. You want to take that 100 wins, that 300-plus home runs, everything that you put out there to give your all to be in that spot in that position, to win the American League Central, and throw it out the door and set Game 2 up to be nothing but a gimmick, nothing but a sideshow, nothing but that human interest story that will put you on the Today Show. Or good morning, America. The Minnesota Twins could have cared less about playing winning baseball in Game 2 of the American League Championship Series against the Yankees. Maybe they knew that they weren't in the same league as the team that they're playing. But they tried to divert your attention. They tried to fool you. And if you were fooled, shame on you. Because this Dobner kid... Probably a nice guy, 24 years old, spent a couple of years in the Twins minor leagues. They turned it into a gimmick. They turned it into a human interest story. They turned it into a sideshow to distract your attention, which was supposed to be on why the Minnesota Twins aren't competing with the New York Yankees. Why this 100-win Minnesota Twin team can't compete with a team that won just two more games than them in a regular season. 
They were trying to fool you. And you know what? If you let them, shame on you. It's copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights granted by the World Wide Web and is solely for entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or the use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the Passball Show, JohnPielli.com, and JohnPielli LLC is prohibited. Any commercial or the use of the program, such as by charging, admission for its showing, is similarly prohibited. And i got to be honest, listen, there's, there's nothing outside of the essentials. And, you know, loving God, loving life, loving my family and all those around me that I love any more than Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball's history. I love watching playoff baseball. I totally take my fan cap off and throw it to the side because I could watch a baseball game played between amateurs in some park in a random city. That's how much I love the sport. And as I'm watching the playoffs now unfold, I'm seeing less and less of a need to have these elongated playoffs. And there's people out there that were saying, hey, the wild card game, why not make it best two out of three? You know what? For those teams that are in the wild card game, you win the freaking division next time. And you're not good enough to win a division? You should be lucky to have a chance to play any postseason game. But as far as these division playoffs, is it just me? Or are we seeing a vast difference in some teams on one side and other teams that are kind of pretenders that were kind of wondering why and what they're doing there in the first place? Of course, the Minnesota Twins. Hey, they won 101 games. What but he do? They hit 300-something home runs. That's great. They couldn't shine the shoes of the New York Yankees, and it's being proven. You got the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes. You know, they won the cheap bowl. They won the, the uh, you know, the, 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 the least spenders, the Walmart Bowl, I guess we'll call it, between them and the athletics in a wild card game. What would he do? Are they on the same page as the Houston Astros? If you turn the best of five into a best of seven series, would the Tampa Bay Rays have a chance? And the answer is no. Now you watched the Nationals and the Dodgers yesterday, and this was the one series where I really thought the team that was the underdog had a legitimate chance to win this series. And listen, the Nationals probably having some you know, psychiatric issues, probably need some therapy. If you're Mike Rizzo, if you're Davey Martinez, you probably have some issues there where you're like, man, I don't know what we could do to get this thing to work out. <coughs> Excuse me. But you watch them and they're overthinking things. They start by getting themselves through the wild card game, a great performance by Steven Strasburg coming in the bullpen. They end up winning game two in L.A. against the Dodgers, mixing Strasburg with Scherzer for an inning. And now they're in a spot where they're like, all right, how are we going to get through? Now, Coda, Coda Brutz wants to contribute. He says, anyone has a chance, that's why they play. And, yeah, it's come on. You're talking random now. Now, I'm not talking random, and I'll tell you why for a second. And trust me, thank you. I appreciate the comment, the contribution 
the whole thing. We can make a case where baseball could go back to where it was before 1993 and have a division winner and a division winner playing for the league championship series. It's something that I've advocated for on this show for a while. Prior to 1969, it was the winner of the American League playing the winner of the National League playing for the World Series. Now you want to water it down, you want to give other teams an opportunity, that's great. Yeah, you're able to sell out some stadiums, sell some more baseball tickets, add so much more fandom over the course of the country. I'll watch it. Like I said, I'll watch the Snoopy Bowl between the, the Rays and the Oakland Athletics. But I'm not taking any either one of those teams seriously in regards to their chance to win the World Series. Like I said, you could talk about that David you know, slaying Goliath type of story, and that always has a chance. And that's why I'll give you some credit, Coda, because, you know, you're in there, you're playing playoffs, and this could apply to any sport, right? If you're in it, you got a chance. But I'm talking about the realistic chance of certain teams, and the Minnesota Twins disappointed me because I wanted to believe in them. I took that 101 win and that 300 home run team, and I thought that they had a legitimate chance. The unfortunate thing is that they don't. And it, it's probably from a pitching standpoint, they don't have enough depth in their starting pitching. They're, they're, there's obviously a different look to them when they show up at Yankee Stadium. I mean, these games weren't, I'm sorry, unless you were a Yankees fan, they weren't fun to watch. They weren't fun to watch from a baseball fan standpoint. Now let me get into my point about the Nationals. The Nationals, happy to be where they are. They didn't win their division. They won you know, the Snoopy Bowl or the wild card game. Got themselves a chance to play the Dodgers. And I like this matchup because I think from an offensive standpoint, the Washington Nationals have a pretty good team. A team that, you may not agree with me, I think from an offensive standpoint is right up there with the likes of the Los Angeles Dodgers. We know about how bad the Nationals' bullpen is, but we also know about Scherzer and Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. And the unfortunate thing about it is that I kind of bought in. And I thought maybe if you get a couple decent performances, you have a chance to go out there and beat the Dodgers. They got a lead with Annabelle Sanchez on the mound, who I'm still wondering why Annabelle Sanchez is pitching game two. But... I'm going to let that slide because I understand that the Nationals had to do what they had to do to get to where they are. They had to use Scherzer and Strasburg to get past the wild card game. They had to use Scherzer in inning in relief to get them through game two. So I get it. But Adamel Sanchez goes out there and gives you five solid innings, and you hand the ball to Patrick Corbin, a guy that you spent $140 million on for six years, and he can't get anybody out. And it's kind of leading me to this thought where it, it should be time that we may consider reducing the amount of teams that are in the playoffs in Major League Baseball because I think the league is getting very top-heavy. And the last point that I want to make about this, because we're talking about a top-heavy league, we think of the National Basketball Association. And congratulations to the Toronto Raptors who went out there and beat the Golden State Warriors. They deserve all the credit in the world. But when you think of the teams in the National Basketball Association that have a chance or a good chance to win an NBA championship, 
That number is what, three or four or five? You might want to expand it to six or seven. Now you want to talk about Major League Baseball and say, hey, technically there are eight teams left in Major League Baseball, so there's a chance that eight teams in Major League Baseball can all win the World Series. Let's understand that a couple of them really don't have much of a chance. I'd be surprised if the Twins and the Rays won a game. And you know what? If you went out there, you were a betting man, and you wanted to bet a parlay on the Twins losing and the Rays losing, you'd actually win some money, which is weird. But I digress. Because we're talking about parity in a sport which I don't think exists. There is very little parity in Major League Baseball because there are the doers, the teams that want to win, and there's the other teams out there that don't want to win. And, you, and I, I can't knock teams like the Miami Marlins and the Baltimore Orioles and the Detroit Tigers enough. Now, they all have this dream. They have this Houston Astros, Chicago Cubs, whatever type of tank job team that turned into a winner dream that they can imagine. Is it going to work out for every one of them? The answer is no. So this leads to teams like the Minnesota Twins, like you can make a case the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays, and in the National League, maybe the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals preying on teams that don't have much of a chance and aren't even trying. So in the end, And Coda continues to contribute, talks a little bit about the Cubs. Now, you, you can talk about great teams that have come from nothing. And, and, and you know what? I, I believe in the Rays. I believe in the athletics because of the stories that they tell. And I love it. I love the thought that these teams are able to do so much more with so little. That they don't have to have the $200 million payrolls to compete with the likes of the other teams in baseball, but it's shown up to this point it's only going to get you so far. And you've seen teams like the Cubs who have won the World Series, like the Astros who have won the World Series, and I hate to say it, you know, we talk about the team with the highest payroll in Major League Baseball, they are the defending World Series champions, the Boston Red Sox. What do they all have in common? At some point, they chose to spend some money. And you got to build it up right. You have to have a good group of young players that you could believe in, a great core. But at some point, you got to top it off with that last player, that last splash that's going to put you over the top. And I wonder, from a financial standpoint, how many teams have the ability to compete at that level. But the last point I'm going to make is that I think we got too many playoff teams in baseball. Now, it makes for exciting Games, sure. Like I said, I watch any game. I love the sport. But at the same time, I feel bad for a team like the Twins or a team like Tampa Bay Rays. Don't really have much of a shot right now. This is the famous Budweiser beer. We know of no brand produced by any other brewer and it costs so much to brew and age. Our exclusive Beachwood Aging produces a taste of smoothness and drinkability you'll find in no beer at any cost. So it's kind of thinking about the NFL yesterday, and it's kind of going to allow me to piggyback off my point that I'm making about Major League Baseball. Yeah, you got some good stories out there. I think one of the key stories is going to be how far do the Kansas City Chiefs go. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he left the game or had a little bit of an injury yesterday to lost to the Colts. They weren't going to go undefeated. 
but you look at it from a uh, who's up next type of mentality, and we look at the Kansas City Chiefs as that type of team. But you also look at football and why it's different than so many other sports, why it's different than basketball, why it's different than Major League Baseball, because there is so much parity. And teams can build themselves up through the draft. Anybody you take out of a given draft can be a starter on your team that season. Every team has to stay around the same level in regards to the salary cap. Teams, in most cases, push right up against it and try to get as close to it they can as possible without going over. And that creates parity. A team that's bad in the National Football League has a chance to be good within a year. You don't have to go through that long rebuild like you do in baseball or in, even in basketball. You could get a great number one pick like a LeBron James and you could go up there and be a top team in basketball. And when that player leaves, you could be a bad team. And then when he comes back, you could be great again and win a championship. But when you're talking about football, parity does exist. But I think there's even a fight against parity in the National Football League right now. Because you look at a series of teams that aren't getting much of a fight to start this season. Now, I look at the New York Jets, and I kind of feel bad. Because I don't think the Jets are supposed to be this bad. They started the season with Sam Darnold as their quarterback, a guy that still has a bright future. He's got mono, the spleen's enlarged. And I do worry, and I think a lot of people should worry, especially Sam and his family, over you know, when is the best time for him to come back. Trevor Simeon gets into a game, gets right out of the game, his season's over. Now you got the third-string quarterback, a guy by the name of Luke Falk, who the last thing he thought he'd be doing in the National Football League would be playing quarterback for the New York Jets. And he's, uh, he's overmatched. And sometimes when your quarterback's overmatched, it puts your team in a spot where you're not, you don't really have much of a chance. So I kind of feel bad for the Jets because I think with Sam Darnold, I think this team could be a little more competitive. But I don't have the same type of feeling when I think of the Miami Dolphins. I don't have the same kind of feeling when I think of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll even throw the Washington Redskins in there. Because it's there's teams that, yes, from a football and a competitive standpoint, are giving you everything that they got. They're playing hard. They care. They, they don't want to hurt themselves. They want to beat the opposition. They want to execute their plays. They want to do the best that they can. So there's nobody that's tanking on the football field. There's likely nobody that's tanking from a coaching staff standpoint. But when you set it up from the front office on down, there's something that's lost in the translation when we're talking about teams that are not competing. There's a difference between playing hard and just not being good enough and losing. But there's also something to the thought that you don't have a chance and think about the National Football League for a second, because I, I want to put this thought back in your mind as a sports fan, because I think it's easy to forget about this. Football isn't baseball. It's not throwing a ball, hitting it, catching it, giving your best effort and saying, hey, you know, you're not good enough. It's not basketball, running up and down court, having a game plan, you know, maybe having those guys on the other side a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, a little bit better than you. You're talking about Football players, they're voluntarily running into each other. Voluntarily getting themselves into the equivalent of car accidents. And you got the Miami Dolphins players after week one 
talking about wanting to be traded. Minka Fitzpatrick wanted to get out of there. And imagine that. Imagine players worried about their own safety because their team is that bad. I think it's something that's got to be brought up. So I look at tanking as it applies to the National Football League, and I think it has no place in a game. I don't really believe that it has any place in sports, but I've accepted that it happens in baseball. I think it's very hard to do in football. And we're talking we're talking about CTE and concussions and the potential that somewhere down the road you can take a hit so hard to your head that you want to take a gun and blow your brains out because you can't take the headaches anymore. Is that a sport that you really want to be part of a team that you don't think is trying? And I look at the Miami Dolphins, and I look at the Washington Redskins, I look at the New York Jets, who, like I said, are in a little bit of a different situation because of their quarterback, the Cincinnati Bengals. What team is trying the least? What team wants to lose more? And I'll tell you, we're setting up a series of potential lawsuits when we're talking about players. We're talking about players that very well could risk the rest of their lives by playing football for a lousy sports team, but not only a lousy sports team, but a team that isn't trying to put the best players on the field to compete with the other players that are on the other side. And we're talking about potential injuries. We're talking about potential concussions. We're talking about potential CTE here. And these are all matters that are taken seriously by the National Football League. So if they are taken so seriously, why are we not seeing more investigation going on to the tanking that's going on in the National Football League? Even in cases like Miami where there's proof that it's going on. Just a reminder that Castro provides maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com by two ways. One passion food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Uh, Coda's continuing to throw some stuff out there. How did the skins get so bad this year? They were a solid team. It got off to a good start last year. I think it comes down to the quarterback, unfortunately. You know, Alex Smith getting hurt. You know, he's got that reputation as a good game manager, which... Is, is pretty much the prototype for what you call a game manager in the National Football League. His injury last year, I think, derailed him, not just because of what his ability is on the field, but his connection with the players there, his connection with the coaching staff. Now, obviously, Jay Gruden isn't the coach there anymore, but there was a connection between Alex Smith and that offense that was hard to duplicate. Colt McCoy came in there. He got hurt. Next thing you know, it was Mark Sanchez and uh, Josh Johnson. This year they bring in Case Keenum, and he's not the same. He means he's not the same that he was a couple years ago with the Vikings. But also you don't you see the disconnect in that offense the way it's run. Now is Dwayne Haskins ready? At some point you're gonna have to put him out there and see what you got. It's hard to judge him in one season, but it is sad when you see a team that has so much promise and encouragement. You know, you think of a guy like Joe Carrigan on defense. You look at some some other players that they got out there. They got some good football players there. And it's a shame that it's going to be a lost season for them. And you know what? If you draft a guy like Dwayne Haskins with the 15th overall pick and you lose, 
let's say the Redskins finish two and fourteen, end up with the number one pick. You're gonna go. How are you gonna have the number one overall pick and not draft Tua? So you're basically saying that the quarterback that you drafted with your first pick last year is useless to you. Pretty similar to what the Arizona Cardinals did last year. They drafted Josh Rosen. They finished with the worst record in the National Football League. And then they signed, you know, they, they traded Rosen and they, they took Kyler Murray. Just weird how that stuff could turn out. Listen, I, I had the Packers. I think it's going to come down to Green Bay and Minnesota in, in that NFC North. I, I like I like the way those uh, those those, those teams kind of shake up. I like the Bears' defense, but I don't think on a consistent week in and week out basis I could expect them to do what they did last year. Disappointing loss for the Bears yesterday. I thought that was a game that you know if you're looking at the Bears as a playoff team, that's one that you got to go out there and win. I do think the Raiders are a little bit better than people may perceive, but bad loss by the Bears yesterday. But listen, I think the Packers should be favored to win that division. At the very least, the wild card team. Them in Minnesota, I think, should come down to the wire. And I think head-to-head, -head, what they do between you know the two of them and how they face off in the two matchups that they have over the course of the regular season may determine who the division winner is. And I tell you, the last, last thing I'm going to say about the Bears is, you're right, Coda, their, their offense isn't any good. I mean, it, it's hard it's hard to, you know, they went from, you know, Jordan Howard and Tyree Cohen, and I know Cohen's still there, but he's not performing. They drafted Montgomery to run him, you know, the young running back. You know, it's hard to win a game when Chase Daniels is your quarterback. And the, what the Bears and the Bears fans may realize over time that they haven't known already, it may be hard to win a lot with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. And the Bears, for what they did by trading what they traded to move up to the number two overall pick a couple years ago so they could take Trubisky, I understand we're all, we're, we're not talking about a guy that's been there for a long time. This is year three. Yeah, this isn't year eight. But, you know, this guy's got to get healthy, and hopefully he is pretty soon. But what you're seeing on the field, you don't see that distinct quarterback. And finally, you know, if you think of you think of Detroit in that division, and I always I always thought of them as a wild card because not a wild card in regards to getting a wild card spot, but that defense is good. Matthew Stafford could play, and you're just wondering year after year why it doesn't happen. But I think also year after year you're waiting for a connection between Stafford and a couple of those receivers for them to go off. And all of a sudden, compete with the other teams in that division. And I thought, I thought about four years ago that was going to happen. But I've watched the Lions' defense get a little better and better, and I can't rule them out. So, last thing I wanted to get into, and I do thank everybody for tuning in once again. This is the Pass Ball Show, brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by Two Ways One Passion Food Truck, by St. Aloysius Church and School. There's the report out there of the general manager of the Rockets putting a tweet out there. And, you know, there is a big reaction about it. Because sometimes when something exists and it becomes kind of sacrilegious for somebody to say. And obviously if you put the connection of the Houston Rockets, their impact on the NBA, but most importantly in this instance, their impact on the country of China 
all onto the table, you understand why this looks bad. From a public relations standpoint, China is a country that's going to love the Houston Rockets because they drafted and had Yao Ming as their star player for his entire career. It's like Japanese, you know, people from Japan that love Ichiro, but also love the Mariners because Ichiro was a Mariner. That's the same people that, you know, you have the same type of mentality that you're going to have when you have a country that you look at a player, one of you, that's succeeding in America. And Yao Ming succeeded as a member of the Houston Rockets. So if you're the general manager of the Houston Rockets, you got to be a little smarter. And this is why I always say you could be identified by any single thing that you say. And when you take a stance on something, there's nothing wrong with it. It's about what you believe. I say things that I believe all the time, and I'm always going to get judged for every single thing that comes out of my mouth. But when it comes to political issues, I respect the fact that people are going to have differences in point of view. And that's why the point of view that I may have may not be so important. If I decided that I wanted to be a politician, then yeah. Anything that I believed politically would come out of my mouth. I don't think my political beliefs are that important. So you can imagine what I think about your own political beliefs. But as it applies to, you know, Daryl Morey, he makes this comment basically endorsing Hong Kong's fight for freedom. <coughs> and, you know, and I, and I do feel for anybody that is in a revolution state. Now this may not be a revolution. This may be something that'll be silenced and you know Hong Kong will go back from, you know, to being, you know, what they were before. But there was a fight for independence that existed in this country. The United States of America came from you know the English and Britain. There was a revolutionary war. So somebody or a group of people to want independence in a certain country should not be vilified. At the same time, you understand that China, as strong as it is, may continue to be successful with Hong Kong as being part of it. But the most important thing I could say is that people are going to have variances of opinions, variances of points of view. And I think for the NBA, for the Rockets, to potentially consider... Um, disciplining this guy just because he gave a little pat on the back for Hong Kong fighting for their independence. There are people that are dying over there. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for a guy to say that he supports them. But then again, you got families that are divided in this country. You got people that hate each other now. They used to love each other because they can't agree on politics. So you've seen stranger things happen. A little bit of a recap of the show today. We started out kind of talking about the Minnesota Twins. And the Twins really bother me for this reason. That I don't know if they took this postseason series against the Yankees seriously. We talk about the amount of games that it takes to get to the playoffs. What the Twins did by earning themselves 101 wins and hitting over 300 home runs. But when they set game two up to not pitch their second best starting pitcher. 
when a set came to up to be more of a sideshow or a human interest story, I got a problem with that because I don't think they were taking the game seriously. Spoke a little bit about the amount of teams in Major League Baseball getting to the playoffs. Is it too much? Well, sure. If anybody gets there, they got a chance. As we hit what we'll call our concluding point of the show, the cuckoo clock, excuse me, the whole thing. But prior to 1969, you had the two best teams in baseball play in the World Series. Now, sometimes that happens. You may have Yankees-Dodgers, or you may have Astros-Dodgers in a World Series this year, and then you could say, hey, the two best teams or two of the best teams in baseball ended up playing for the World Series. You've had World Series like in 2014, where the San Francisco Giants beat the Kansas City Royals, two wildcard teams, the best teams in baseball that year did not get to the World Series. So what do you want to see? Yeah, I think I think it's nice to want to expand the playoff format and have as many teams and have an awesome opportunity for the fans, for the people that support the team, for the people that are going to go there and cheer in your stadium, anything to keep the season going because there's a chance. And once again, I point to Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey's character, where he says, what? So there's a chance? So there's a chance. That's the kind of chance you're throwing out there, but it could happen. Spoke a little bit about the National Football League, the tankers, teams not trying, and I'm, I'm more pissed at Miami than I am at some of these other teams. The Bengals may have gave it a run, but just aren't good enough. The Jets lost their quarterback. The Redskins... Hey, they lost their quarterback last year. Just went through a coaching change right now. You think of CTE and how it impacts these players. These players that are literally getting into multiple car accidents at high speed over the course of the game, putting their lives, putting their families' lives, putting their own brain on the line every day, playing a game they love to be in a disadvantaged situation because they play for an organization that isn't trying. That's an embarrassment. You could do that in baseball. You could tank in baseball or in hockey or in basketball. I'm sure you could tank in world soccer if you want to. You can't tank in the National Football League. Last point we made, talked about the general manager of the Rockets. He makes the statement support in Hong Kong. Guy shouldn't lose his job. Did he say something that was that heinous? I'm sure the people that are fighting in Hong Kong supported his statement. This is the PBS. Check the archives, YouTube, Instagram, one minute clips, which we're going to put a lot more out there on Instagram. Really to get the attention. Put out some of the bigger points that we're bringing up on this show. See if we could get some people unified, divide some people, but most importantly, to get it out there and get more people to listen and watch it than have before. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is the Passball Show. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.